Welcome to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. This week we are joined by Rosie. Rosie is a woman that I met on Tumblr uh, a couple years back when Dark Souls 2 was first out. Um, The story of that comes out towards the end of the episode and it's kind of a funny story, Um, so I'll let you listen to that. Rosie is a delight to talk to. She has a real love for the Souls games, specifically Bloodborne and the DLC, which, as you guys know, I had to do as well. Reminder, if you want to come on the podcast and tell me your soul story, you can look me up on Twitter at DGUSpodcast or send me an email, DGUSpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks and enjoy the episode. still like playing dark souls 3 like what do you what do you what video games are you playing right now are you playing the i just got an internship and i'm i'm gonna go do that stuff (laughs) okay well the internship doesn't start for like another month Mm -hmm. uh it starts up when school starts up so i still have loads of free time uh right now i'm kind of taking a break from dark souls 3 just because i played it so much when it came out Mm mm-hmm and now I'm just doing Battle Blocks Theater with a friend and oh, nice. getting really salty at the puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> Not your friend, like your friend's keeping up with you, but you, you can't figure out the puzzles. Oh my god, like we're both, it's funny, like we're both physics majors. Like we're act, we know what to do, but we're just... If we just had a little bit more hand-eye coordination, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I watched a dude. Uh, that's on the Wii, right? I'm not. I'm not remembering that wrong, right? Isn't that you, you have to use uh, Wii controllers for that. I don't know. Uh, I play it on PC, but I could maybe oh, it's okay. on the Wii. Oh, I was thinking it was like a Wii game, and you were having to like waggle your way to success. <laughs> oh God, that would be yeah. that. Oh my God, <laughs> that sounds <laughs> awful. Well, what do you think about Dark Souls Three? You know what? When I initially got it, I thought it was so beautiful. Um, I also, like, as I was progressing through the game, I really liked the the little throwbacks that they had to, like, Dark Souls 1, 2, some Bloodborne stuff, and probably even some Demon Souls stuff. I've been told I never played Demon Souls. I never had the PS3. Okay. And I thought it was honestly, like, his gift to to the Souls community. Miyazaki, you mean? Yeah, yeah. It was definitely Miyazaki's gift to the Soul community. It just felt like that. Like, this is this is the final game, and so we're going to make it, like, a, a good one to end on. Yeah, I mean, like, all the throwbacks uh, and allusions to the other game. I mean, I understand, like, it is the third game, so there are going to be, like, elements of... But there was just... It was just a good mixture of, hey, this is how the game is going to go. And then here's some stuff for like you know the veterans. Mm-hmm. Was Dark Souls one your first first Souls game then? If it wasn't Demon Souls, yeah. When did you um, get into the series? I started Dark Souls after I saw a friend play it, and I at the time it was like 2011, I think, is when it came okay. out, right around Skyrim time. Yep. And I wasn't really like a gamer at the time, and I still wouldn't even consider myself a gamer. Um, Get off my podcast. <laughs> Only games here. <laughs> <laughs> but it was honestly like one of the first games, like probably like one of the first five games I've ever, like I'd ever played, and I, I just love the series. So um, did you did you not like grow up playing video games or anything? Like, like I'm curious how Dark Souls ended up being one of your first five. That's a, that's a pretty <laughs> significant game to jump yeah into. yeah. Um, when I was growing up, I mostly played like. I don't know, GameCube stuff, but I don't even really, but it was like with my friends and it was like a social thing. Like I never just was in my room just, you know, saying I'm going to play video games for a few hours by myself. Hold on. It was never like that. It was always like in a social setting. Mm-hmm. So it's, it was kind of different. Like, you know, Souls games, like you can play it with your friends, but it's one of those things like you really want to play it alone and get that experience. Absolutely. 
what was it that about like seeing your friend play it that kind of attracted you to it like what was it about the game that made you feel like I, this is going to be one of the games that i play by myself uh well it was really different because at the like at that point in time like i'd never seen a game where the combat was fully your choice your like your playing style and all that and mm-hmm. the timing was your choice before like I was used to like turn-based games and I didn't really like them. So that's kind of what turned me away from video games for a while. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Pokemon was probably the only like turn-based one I like, but um, I mean, I was, I was like 10. So, um, but like some of the final fantasies, I, I can't, I can't get into them. Just the turn-based is just too annoying. Like I just want to fight now and do it my way. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's just me that. being a control freak but no that works that works that's like i mean dark souls is a good game to come to for that like you have pretty much absolute control of your character for better or for worse yeah and like you have like super responsive uh mechanics and stuff so yeah plus when i saw this vihander like my friend get this vihander i was like I need that sword. I have to play this game just so I can use that sword. Were you a, a Berserk fan? Because I, I think that's a Berserk reference, and I'm not. I'm not much on the Berserk side. I haven't read any of that stuff or watched any of the movies. Was okay, that your, um, or did you just see like a giant sword and like, yes, this is what I want in my life? Yeah, I was that. Actually, Dark Souls was. Uh, that was the thing that got me into Berserk, and I'm really glad I did because it's honestly like one of my top three anime. Or just series, because, I mean, it's more than an anime, but... Uh, I don't... The Zweihander itself isn't actually um, alluding to anything in Berserk, but mm-hmm. um, the Greatsword is, for sure. All okay, the that's, Greatswords, yeah. yeah. I knew it was one of the the swords, was like because everyone calls it, like, gut-spilled, like, I, without even seeing it, like, that's what everybody would always call that stuff, so I was kind of curious. Actually, the funny thing about... Okay, so my playstyle is I'll get the largest sword I can and just tank my way through the game. Mm-hmm. And then when I learned about Berserk, I realized that every single like initial build I made is basically a guts build. <laughs> That's totally by accident, right? <laughs> yeah, totally by accident. Nice. What um like because not being like super experienced with video games, like did you struggle with the controls at all? Like because I know. A lot of people that I interview for this podcast, and even myself, like when I picked up that game, I was so used to playing like normal action character action games of like God of War, Assassin's Creed, where you can kind of button mash your way through. But like Dark Souls, like is not that whatsoever. Like, did you struggle with that, or did you kind of come naturally to the controls? Um, before that, I had played Skyrim, and I played it the most boring way ever, like a two-handed ultra great sword build. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of understood from that, like what to do. But there definitely, like, was a learning curve with that game. And, I don't know, I found that after I played Dark Souls, I became a lot better at other video games. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, did you go back to Skyrim and just, like, kill everything? I've, I've never played Skyrim, so I don't really know much about the game. But, like, did, did those, did your Dark Souls skills, like, translate to that game? or? It's just, like, like in the game Battle Black Feet or something, just, like, my response time with games was a lot better. Okay. And just like, I don't know, being more familiar with the controls on whatever system I had. What were what were you playing it on? You, were, you said you didn't have a PS3, so I'm assuming 360 or a PC. Yeah, I had. I started out with a 360, and that it was nice. I mean, I'm really glad I have a PS4, and I really like. I really wish I'd gotten the PS3 because I like more games in those areas. But, like, at the time, uh, my friend, like, they understood I was just getting into it, and they were like, well, if you want it to be more accessible and play with us, you should probably get the 360. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay, I'll I'll do that, and you guys can help me through this. Did you? Did you do a lot of, like, multiplayer co-op stuff in your first run? Yeah, I did, because I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> like, I remember trying to play Borderlands with a friend, and I just... Oh my god, that was that was such a boring game. For I played me. I played the first Borderlands by myself, and um, I 
looking back, I'm not really sure how. Like, it's such a boring game to play by yourself. Everybody says, like, get a crew, like, get get some get a group of guys together, or get a group of people together, and you know, drink some beers and have some fun. And I don't I don't know how I spent 20 hours in that game just totally solo. It seems pretty backwards now. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I hate to be that that kid, but um, when this was like when Minecraft first came out. I actually, I actually did play Minecraft a lot. Um, oh my god, that's actually really embarrassing to say <laughs> because like I, I know think... what the stigma of it is, like current day, and it's so cringy. Yeah, I guess so. But like, I mean, it's such a big thing now. Like, it's such a huge thing that you, I just kind of expect everybody to have played it or experienced it at some point. Like. Like, there's a podcast I listen to that sound like, you know, four dudes in their, you know, mid-20s probably, and they all talk, like, excitedly about their Minecraft server and building, like, dumb stuff. So, like, <laughs> I think that's a game that you can have fun with, but you can also get, like, really weird with, too. Yeah, uh, my friend, he was the one that kind of got me into gaming. He uh, made a server, and he kind of explained, you know, what Minecraft was. Like, you can literally build anything you want. Like, mm. all you just have to do is be creative and, like, it was kind of the first game that I could just sit by myself and play for hours, mm-hmm. like, without being in a social setting and being, like, forced to, like, I could just, I don't know. I just love mining for stuff. I like the, the like, chance to have, to find diamonds and then stash them away and not use them like an idiot. <laughs> see i'm actually guilty like I, i've missed this whole minecraft craze like i think i've played it like once and i didn't really click it didn't click with me but like if you I was probably like 30 so yeah. i was like eh, i'll just go play other video games and i've just never ever bothered with it yeah it helped that like i was playing with a friend and he could walk me through it mm-hmm. and i kind of like realized what this game could be but like if you're i guess it's if it's your first time and you play like single player that that's probably the most boring way to start out <laughs> i'm sure it is yeah where did you um like going back to dark souls so we don't turn this into a minecraft podcast which yeah now that yeah. would that would be cringy <laughs> like a minecraft <laughs> podcast i'm sure they're out there right like there's probably like a oh, like God. something getting millions of hits out there that's the most popular thing in the world but anyway uh what was your like first time that you like hit your difficulty wall in, in Dark Souls, like, the, the, for your first time through? Like, was it a particular boss or an area where you, like... Because I think everybody has that moment where they're just, like, they set the controller down and they're like, I'm never playing this game again. Oh, God. Uh, it was probably... Okay, I had a lot of trouble with Gaping Dragon because I mm-hmm. didn't take the Master Key at first. And it was just weird because his hitboxes are weird because he's a huge boss. And, you know... I don't know. FromSoft is kind of notorious for having weird hitboxes with massive things. Anyway, uh, that was kind of like where I hit the first mini wall, but like my real wall was Anorlando. Just <laughs> getting to Anorlando, like <laughs> just getting to the first bonfire. Oh my god, the salt was real. <laughs> the uh, those archers are a pain in the ass the first time you go through them. I just, I didn't know how to get that archer out of my way. I was like, should I fight him? Should I try to, like, I don't know, go around him on a magic pixel on the little thing? Or, like, what should I do? Should, like, I think when I first played through, I I actually got some poison arrows. (laughs) (laughs) And I just, I just whittled him down. Hey, that's a, that's an, from, from the man himself, Miyazaki, like, that's an acceptable, like, way to progress through that. I think he even mentions that in an interview somewhere of, like, yeah, we give the player poison arrows, so, like, if they don't want the challenge, they can just do that. (laughs) I just, I, I, like, when I first played, I had no idea how to do it. On subsequent playthroughs, are you, are you just breezing through there now, or do you still have difficulty with it? Uh, I definitely, like, it. I'm pretty much breezing through. I mean, I still get stuck there sometimes because the timing can be weird if I don't run, mm-hmm. um, like, from the start to finish. But as far as, like, getting that archer out of the way, uh, I've gotten a lot better at that. <laughs> Good. Do you have a particular, like, favorite area or boss in the first Souls game? Um, hmm. Well, one trend I've kind of noticed whenever I play any FromSoft game, I really like the first half of the game. 
that okay. is always like my favorite part. Uh, so I'd have to say, you know, mm, I really like Undeadburg and like that whole area and a little bit past there, like probably like pre Quaylock. I like everything there. <laughs> everything before Quaylock, including Blighttown, huh? Oh crap! No, <laughs> <laughs> never mind. Okay, <laughs> Let, let's not get carried away. I, I like having frames that don't drop. <laughs> I spent a lot of time invading in uh, like Upper Blight Town, so I, I came to get to know the area, even with its shitty frame rate, pretty well. And so, like, I have this weird like um, like abuse spouse affection for it. <laughs> like, I just can't help but but like it, even though like I've died there so many times doing dumb stuff. I remember, like, I. I was so bad at Sin's Fortress, like, just getting through it. And my friend was like, how are you so bad? And I was like, I don't know. This is the first time I've ever done something like this. And she was like, here, let me do it. I've played a lot of Tomb Raider. And she just, <laughs> she just zoomed right past it, like, first time. And I was like, what the, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, that's wrong. I, I was really hoping that would be, like, a, a come up in story where she died 47 times, like, to the lizards or something. God, I really wanted it to be. That's, that's very funny. How long did you think it took you? I mean, not you don't have to give me like exact time figures or anything, but like, how long do you think it took you to finish the game? Um, let's see. I was in high school, and so it probably took me about like a month or two. Mm-hmm. Um, I really took my time with it. I spent a lot of hours on it, probably more than I should have on like one playthrough, but. I wanted to get like absolutely everything I could. Like all the weapons, all the gear, like every single thing. Um, not so much that because I don't, I don't really care about platinuming games, but it's just, just like making sure like I found every single shiny, like every item. Oh, I got you. I got you. Are you looking up like stuff on the Wikipedia's? Like, are you are you seeking outside help, or are you just trying to figure it out on your own? Uh, I try to play like my first run through blind, and then any playthroughs after that i'll be like okay yeah give me the wiki how do i do this (laughs) yeah yeah so you can get the most out of the game yeah did it um because like it it took me a while to figure out like that the story wasn't necessarily directly told to you like did it take you a while to pick that up because like it took me a long time to realize that the dumb paragraphs on the short sword description are like actually useful information (laughs) yeah it took me okay so like in skyrim you know when you read like item descriptions it's pretty much like it means nothing that's kind of what i assumed would be the case for dark souls yeah it's like that for every other video game ever basically where that just doesn't mean it's meaningless text except for dark souls i think i started to sort of not not necessarily pick up that there are like implicit messages on the item descriptions, but I started to understand that there was actually a really deep story going on here just through the dialogues of the character because they, even they don't like really give you the story like directly. They kind of, I don't know, talk about things in a roundabout way. And it's kind of like, what, what are you talking about? And you listen to it again and you're like, wait, what? I'm doing this? There's a story here? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? I just don't understand. Give me more information. <laughs> did you, uh, like, finish the game and then run out and try to find more about the game? Or did you just, like, start it over again and it's like, okay, I'm going to play this again? Or did you just, after you finished it, did you just put it down and kind of walk away for a while? No, after I finished it, uh, I wanted to play more of it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um... I did kind of wiki, you know, like, what is the story actually about? And I found, like, Vadi Vidya, and I watched some of his videos the days, you know, in those days when he didn't, like, cite people. And I was like, oh, oh, there's a story. Oh, wow, this this got fucked up really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those Prepare to Cry videos were, like, some serious, like crazy ass good videos like i was way into dark souls when he started putting those out and then like you know you'd you'd you would watch those videos and get a little emotional because of your buddies like i didn't realize they were so sad those are my buddies why are they so sad oh god the onion bro one got me right like it was so bad oh man i think that was around the time i found like epic name bro Mm -hmm. and it was like okay it 
for like he and I are actually like from nearly the same states. Like I'm 15 minutes away from his state, so to hear like someone that close to me do all these things and go like to Japan and he's working with like Dark Souls and like he got to be in the guide and stuff. I was like, holy shit! Someone kind of close to me is doing stuff in the Souls community. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I've got a. Uh... I've got Peeve Peverson in my backyard, basically. Oh, like God. he lives in the lives in the same town as I do, and uh, I'm one state over from E and B. Like I'm, I just live like right over, and I was raised like my grandparents. Like I have a, I have like property in Mississippi, like that I've inherited from my grandparents. So like it's, it's really weird when you hear like, oh, there's a, there's somebody that's like well known that's like right here beside me. That's I know strange. it's like all YouTubers. Don't they all live in like L A or something? <laughs> Exactly. You just assume that, right? Like, because yeah. of, I guess Hollywood or whatever. But no, I guess it's just literally anywhere. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's and plus, like, when I started watching his videos, I was like, oh my god, there are very technical things to these. Not even just like the story, but just the mechanics, because he knew like um, a lot of the mechanics and stuff, and he did like tests on like the S stock and the rapier and like the move sets. And I just I didn't realize like move sets were that important. <laughs> Yeah, it took me a while to realize how varied they could be as well. Like, there's a jumping attack, and then there's the, you know, the backdash R1, and then all that stuff. And then they've, ex- throughout the games, they've continually expanded upon that. I think they did it best in Bloodborne with the crazy-ass weapons they have there. But even yeah. in Dark Souls 3, like, you know, there's a running R2s now. Like, that's a pretty cool thing. So. Oh, my God. And I found this guy who was a Martyr's Brigade. He mm-hmm. does, like, he's, like, really, really into the PvP um, side of things which I'm not, but, like, watching his videos, I was like, oh, my God. There are, like, these mechanics that I've never even heard. Like, what is toggle escape? Like, it was apparently a bug (laughs) that they never fixed because everyone liked it so much. And I had no idea there was even a system of poise. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that stuff, like, if you're playing single player, like, if you're just playing by yourself, you know, you could... In theory, you could get by without paying attention to any of that stuff. It's very, especially like weird bugs like toggle escape. But like, you could probably get through the whole game without realizing or understanding what poise is. Like, you just don't you don't specifically need it until you realize that until you realize it's there, and then you try to go for it. Yeah, like I'm not even a PvPer by any means. Like, I'm pretty bad at it because I just don't do it. Um, mm-hmm. It makes me like too nervous. Uh, but when Dark Souls Three like first came out. Like, the first bit of PvP I had, it was just, like, people who had never... Like, you could tell they'd never picked up a Souls game before. Mm-hmm. And it was their first time, and they just... They were trying to fight you, but they had no idea what they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of fun killing people that don't really know what they're doing, isn't it? Yeah, like, I had no I I always thought I played, like, a noob, but I had no idea. <laughs> I actually kind of knew what I was doing that's awesome how long uh did you like play the game a bunch like just single player before dark souls 2 came out or did you eventually get to the point where you were just like kind of done with the game um i go through like phases i guess like for a few months i'll like focus on like dark souls 1 and then for a few months i just kind of don't and then i'll pick it back up Mm kind of like that um dark souls 2 it was kind of weird like when it first came out i was kind of like eh i don't like the controls it's really slow they're not tightly calibrated uh where where did my like exaggerated role go (laughs) things like that (laughs) why do i have to level adaptability (laughs) yeah but then i bought it again on pc because it was on sale and like the dlcs were for it and stuff and i just i wanted that 60 frames (laughs) and uh i actually played it probably more than dark souls one because the uh, co-op was so much better. Yeah. Even though the, like, content and game itself probably, like, it definitely wasn't up to par, but I don't know. Just yeah, the accessibility of it was better. Some of the DLC areas, I think, reached the, the highs of Dark Souls 1, but, like, a lot of the main game stuff is just... Especially if you were playing it on 360, because I played it on 360 as well, and uh, oh god, man, that was awful. <laughs> it was kind of an ugly game. <laughs> like, like this, like yeah. some stuff looked really good, right? Like the Majula skybox looked amazing the first time you saw it, and then like you would look at your shadows and you're like, Ew, what is that? It's like a ball of crap on the ground. Oh my god. So, There's this one. Okay, so my friend convinced me to buy Scholar of the First Sun for PS4. 
because it was mm -hmm. like $15 with all the mm -hmm. DLCs. And I was like, sure, why not? Okay, so there's this one area after, uh, God, what is it? No Man's Wharf? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. The yeah. boss in that area, like, once you go up the ship, um, they, okay, like, they moved a few things. They moved the chest because before, like, so many people missed the Pyromancer's Glove. Yeah. They didn't remove the shadow from that. <laughs> <laughs> like it's <laughs> like Are it's you a serious? very I've like, never noticed that. <laughs> it's still like a more polished game and it's a lot more enjoyable to play and everything, but it's just that one little thing I noticed just was kind of like oh, god. Thanks B team. <laughs> wow. Yeah, the uh I never noticed. I guess it's because they baked the lighting in and they probably didn't go back and redo a lot of that stuff after they moved some stuff around. Interesting. I don't think they fix a lot of the textures. Sometimes if you look like um, like at a wall or something, you can tell that the textures are kind of sloppily placed on and they mm -hmm. don't really go together. Like they don't really look like that's one wall with this one singular texture. It's It gets pretty rough sometimes. That's a big part of my... Uh complaint with that game is a lot of the texture work looks kind of muddy and not great especially like even compared to and i know you said you didn't play it but like you go back to demon souls and like the art is so good that it makes up for like it being kind of a like an earlier version of that engine and being on an earlier console like it it kind of looks better than dark souls 2 does which is you know a weird thing to say because it's you know that game is yeah. four years older or however long it is and I, yeah i saw like Okay, because I never had Demon's Souls, I did watch a few people, like, do uh, run-throughs of it. Mm -hmm. So, like, I get some of the stuff, but I just haven't played it for myself. And all I can say is that it looks very... Mm, there's a lot of... Uh, there, there's not a lot of hard lines in that game. Like, your character, like, the outline of your character, there's not a lot of hard, a lot of hard lines with, like, your armor and stuff. It's very, like, loose kind of... I don't know, almost like your character has an aura, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, like everything's a little fuzzier, and I think that it can kind of contributes to the environment a little bit, like, or in, into the art style. Like, it, like when I booted it up the other day to help somebody beat, like, one of the levels, um, I was kind of taken aback. I was like, wow, everything likes, looks like it's glowing and, like, looks like it's just yeah. Really nice. Yeah. It's like those weird aesthetic glow blogs of Japan. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> Well, I know from uh, from following you on Tumblr that like Bloodborne is kind of your jam, right? Like that's that's a game that you were way off into. Oh my god! Okay, so that one's actually my favorite of the series. <laughs> In Dark Souls well, Three me, was really like, amazing, but walk, walk me through just... this real quick. Because did you buy the PS4 specifically for Bloodborne? Like yes, it is. Okay, excellent. So Bloodborne for... is another five hundred dollar video game for everybody. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my PS4 for the longest time was basically a Bloodborne machine. <laughs> nice. Well, tell me I about just... your experience with Bloodborne. Okay, so I didn't have, like, a PS4 at first. So, like, for the first six months Bloodborne is out, I just had to watch other people play it. And I remember thinking, like, wow, this is kind of an ugly game. Like, it's so grayscale and dark. But then, like, when I got it on PS4, I didn't realize, like, how much the video quality, like, on YouTube and stuff, like, changes in, like, the PS4 share, like, the quality mm -hmm. of the game. So when I actually started playing, I was like, oh, my God, there's actually a lot of color in this game. <laughs> it's just the overtones are very gray. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th there's a color palette for sure, but, like, it's it can definitely be, like, dark and grimy for a lot of it. But, like, it's, it's a really, really pretty game, I think. I think it's... I think it's the prettiest... No, I'm not going to say that. It's the most detail-oriented of the games, which is something I really appreciate. Mm -hmm. And I love the fast pace of it. Yeah, the combat being like a lot quicker is something that just really appeals to me. I've been talking about a lot a lot about Bloodborne lately, and I'm like, I'm about 75% of the way through just like committing and going to play a whole another, another round. <laughs> I'm just going to go start it from the beginning again and play it all the way through. I think, like, such an underrated part of Bloodborne are the dungeons. Um, the chalice dungeons? Yeah, the chalice dungeons. Those are those are fun. Like, later they get really hard, but 
and you get super salty. But people, you know, who complain about like, oh, this isn't hard enough. They don't do the chalice dungeons. And I'm like, why wouldn't you do those? They're like randomly generated every time after a certain point. I was talking to um, a guy that runs the Dark Souls podcast. Or not runs it. He's one half of the podcast, Bonfire Side Chat. And um, no, not, I'm sorry. It's a totally different dude. I was talking to this guy, Lurker, on, that's a YouTube guy. And uh, we got to talking about the idea of just like a straight up roguelike built around like Bloodborne combat and Chalice Dungeons. So like you would just like, you know how in, in the main game Bloodborne, like you find the weapons in the world and then you take them into the Chalice Dungeons. Like I want to like boot up a new character and I have to like scrounge for weapons and gear <laughs> and like by the end of it be completely overpowered. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh my God. Okay. So yeah. on but my dying first would, character, like, reset you all the way over. Yeah. Go ahead. On my first character, I farmed for the 27.2% physical gems. Did you really? Wow. And I got like more than three of them and I put them all in my Ludwig's Holy Blade, which I'm a quality build for, like Mm 50-50. Oh my god. New Game Plus and the DLC was just... I like first tried... Like I got Maria, I got Garamin, I got uh, the guy with... What is it? The cost guy that looks like he has a shrimp. Yeah shrimp guy i got hit like i got them all first try and i was like super surprised because everyone's like the dlc is super hard but i just out damaged them all it was amazing yeah my first run through uh the dlc specifically was with my chalice diver build which was a arcane build and i had like like plus 30 percent fire gems that were cursed so it was like plus 30 percent fire and then like minus 10 percent to kin or whatever like it but i didn't it doesn't even matter because you're doing so much damage especially with 50 arcane like i just walked through the dlc i don't think i died up until um the research hall and even then it was just because i let a bunch of enemies get around me the research hall i usually died because i walked off the stairs because i thought they would continue like then they didn't and i was like oh god <laughs> gravity stop <laughs> so if you, you play you picked it up six months later so by that point you pr- probably already knew about like the weird twist where it goes all of crafting in the middle like is that something that appeals to you like do you have you read a bunch of Lovecraftian stuff or are you kind of into that aesthetic at all um i i'm okay i'm actually not that well read on lovecraft in particular mm-hmm. but i kind of knew a little bit to know that it was heavily influenced by that. And plus, uh, I read some of, like, Redgrave's, like, he had this, like, huge dissertation. Well, okay, not dissertation, but it was just very lengthy. Um, It was a novella. Like, the dude wrote an 80-page novella about Bloodborne. (laughs) It was, like, it was so beautiful. And I was like, oh, my God. This dude, like, everything he says is just... No, like, it's completely true. It is very Lovecraftian, uh, but I just couldn't see it at first because I just, I don't know. I was thinking, like, Whitechapel, Jack the Ripper. (laughs) 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 Like, everyone's dying. (laughs) (laughs) Well, do you have, like, a a particular favorite boss or area from Bloodborne, like, that's that you can just play over and over again? Hmm. Putting you on the spot, obviously. I have to actually think about this because there's so many. Especially, like, in the Chalice Dungeons. Okay. Oh, yeah. In the Chalice Dungeons, I... I really like the, um... God. I really like the Thumerian Queen. I had a really hard time with that boss. It's, like, the last, uh, like, Chalice Dungeon boss boss before you can, like, use glyphs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember actually asking you if you could help me, and then we just we just both died. But <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah, we'll get her. We'll get her. I think that was, in fact, before I had uh, asked you via the messenger thing um, to come on the show. Like, I think that was literally the last thing that we had said to each other: "Is we'll get her. We'll get her." Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's kind of funny. Yeah, that's probably Cause... like my favorite vanilla boss. But mm-hmm. like with the DLC, I definitely have to say it's Maria. Oh man, the music God. in that fight and the way that it escalates in the second phase. It's just so amazing. She's I love such a badass. Like, I She's love it. She's such a badass. She's the like, ultimate waifu. <laughs> and the way, like, she just grabs your arm as you get a little close to her and pulls her, pulls you to her. Like, that, that whole cutscene is just great. I love it so much. 
Oh God, no! Like when I actually got the Rakio, I was so disappointed. <laughs> Why? Because it just—I don't know—it looked so much cooler, cooler when Maria wielded it, and then when I had, I just felt like this weird. Well, anything looks know. cooler when you're like throwing blood and fire around, or fire blood for the. <laughs> <laughs> if the if the weapon actually did that, even if it was just cosmetic, like it didn't ca do any extra damage, I would be all about it. But uh, I, I have a skill build based around solely those weapons that is so much fun. Like I, I love I love that I went I went I did a bunch of chalice diving with the Urkuyo. I, I love it a lot. When I got it, it just seemed like such a frail, brittle weapon that was just really small and petite. But when she had it, it just seemed like this this like even before the second phase, it just seemed like this really visceral and powerful weapon that would just tear you apart and was bigger than it actually was when i got it it was just like a dagger and a little curved sword <laughs> <laughs> i was like what what see i felt like that i got really disappointed in the uh, moonlight great sword because i was such a huge fan of that in dark souls one and i had like this arcane build that i was kind of I'd been spending a lot of time in the Chalice Dungeons with, so like it was 50 arcane, and when then I got it and realized it was a like a quality build weapon with arcane damage. Basically, I was just devastated, like to the point where I haven't even gone back to try to make a build to take advantage of it. Like I just can't make myself do it. Yeah, when Such I got it, I looked up like um, ways to make it, you know, useful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and apparently, the best uh, like path for that is actually strength, and you would use mm -hmm. arcane for the R twos and stuff. But, like, for, like, just, I don't know, R1s and whatnot, like, you actually have to do strength. And I was like, what? That's a lot of dedication for this weapon. Yeah, that's that's a weird build to make just for one particular sword. That's kind of my problem. That's my, my big problem with Bloodborne, really, is that, like, I wish you had more weapons available to you at the start to make the front of that game. Like, like you mentioned earlier how your favorite parts of the games are generally, like, the first half. Like, it's a shame that they hide really interesting weapons like the into the back of the dlc or to the back of the game yeah or to like the bottom of the chalice dungeons like i still i still kind of want to do a beast claw build but like having to spend probably a good 10 hours of the game before i can get to it is, is kind of a bummer like i just i don't really want to do it yeah no i i understand like i still haven't even gotten any of like the uncanny weapons and whatnot in the um mm -hmm. chalice dungeon dungeons because like I've gone for so long with like my regular Ludwig's greatsword and to have to level up another one that has just different gem slots. At this point, it's not even worth it. I'll just farm yeah. different gems. <laughs> That's probably the easiest thing to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, if they just like, I don't know. If you were able to defeat the dungeons at an earlier point, like, I know you, you can get to the dungeons relatively, like, quickly, but as far as, like, completing them so you can actually get good shit, like, in the middle of the game, that would be awesome. Yeah, like, if you could just, if you could take on that challenge yourself to, so you could actually get stuff that would be useful towards the end of the game, but as it stands, like, you have to have so much in-game stuff to even make those later chalices that it becomes, like, a... And I, and I get it. Like, they wanted you to play a lot. They wanted you to do a few chalice dungeons, like, in between the main parts of the of the game. And I, I understand that. But, like, at a certain point, they, they have to realize, like, there's addicts like you and I that are just going to play the games over and over again. Like, we don't need that experience. We got this. We've done it before. <laughs> yeah, what's your what? favorite weapon in uh, Bloodborne? Oh, man. Uh, it's got to be the world gig, right? Oh god, like the that pizza cutter! <laughs> the pizza cutter, absolutely. Like it's got to be that. Uh, I put a bunch of bolt gems in it, and it just like shreds alien stuff. Like I can beat Chalice Ramen and no problem. Like it's just it's just amazing, and just racking up like five six thousand damage per stamina bar, holding the L two down. Oh, it's so satisfying. It's so good. God, that sounds amazing. But the 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 weapon I've used the most is probably the. Uh, the holy blade just because it's it's one of the best weapons in the game and it has if you put arcane gems in it it has really really good arcane scaling so you could make it a good arcane weapon <clears throat> when i first played the game like my first run through i had a really hard time parting with the uh saw cleaver mm -hmm. because one of the reasons like i really wanted to get bloodborne was like you know on their cover art like on the game the protagonist had like a saw blade saw cleaver mm -hmm. 
And I was like, oh my god, that is the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> when I saw it, like, you know, you could transform it. I was like, oh yeah. my god, I have to play yeah. this game for that weapon. See, that was me with the threaded cane. Like, because I'm a, I, I'm a dirty, filthy Ivy player in Soul Calibur. So as soon as I saw that there was a sword that turned into a chain, like, I was like, okay, well, that's going to be my build. And it was, and that my first run was okay, but, like, it wasn't great. Uh but yeah, that's that's ex- I had the same thing of like that looks so fucking cool. I have to have it right now. Yeah, I was that way with the uh, beast cutter, uh, and then mm-hmm. when I actually got it, it was a lot shorter than I thought it would be. I don't know, and then it was just really slow. Yeah, was I was like, kind of disappointed yeah. in that weapon. Like I, I thought it'd be a cool, like fast strength weapon, which is not something that comes up a lot. So I was kind of hoping it would go there, but it just didn't quite happen for me. No, but, oh my god, the DLC, like, I got it pretty late, but mm-hmm. it it was just, it was so worth it. Like, because I was debating on buying, like, Salt and Sanctuary or getting the Bloodborne DLC, and my oh, friend no convinced question, me to no get the DLC. There. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I guess I'll do it. That's I a guess. good friend that you have. <laughs> That's a good friend. Did you ever play Salt and Sanctuary? Did you ever go back to it? I never... You know, I still don't really have the money for it, and I still really mm-hmm. want to play it. Um, my friend told me it was like a platformer and a 2D Dark Souls. I was yep. like, okay, good. Well, I'm bad at both of those things, so <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> I'm bad at both of those. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a it's a Dark Souls like definitely. Um, it it has some problems like. Th- for whatever reason, like in a in the world of Dark Souls and Bloodborne, like in a three D world, like I don't get lost very easy. But if you have like similar winding paths and a lot of different shortcuts in a two D environment, like I kept looking for my Metroid map so I could try to figure out where the fuck I was in the world. Like I just I kept getting lost. Oh God, yeah. I'm I'm definitely gonna get lost then. Like I've no sense do- of direction. <laughs> If you, if you ever do get around to playing it, uh, you're find the biggest weapon and use it. The strategy will work great. Definitely do that. I heard like magic was really OP in that game. It like is, I saw but... some some guy like defeat the first boss and he took off like half of his health in one. I don't know. Yeah. Cast. You can. Um, it is like magic is OP at the end of the game. So like I did a um I did a let's play of like New Game Plus using only magic, not using any melee, but it literally took going through all of New Game to get like all of the strong magic and magic items that I could find, and then starting and then starting New Game Plus to like make that seem cool. Uh, but because otherwise, like it just takes so long to get the good stuff. Just like in Bloodborne, it takes too long to get the good stuff. No, that that's too much. That's too much. <laughs> but I did a. I did a stream for some charity thing and uh, the the chat for the stream said um, to use, I don't remember what it was. It was some like big ax or flail or something. And it was like, it was just like, I just melted the first part of the game. <laughs> like it was God. so good. It was so much fun. Uh, before we run out of time, cause I usually want to try to get these things in under an hour. Uh, let's talk about dark souls three. Some like we talked about it a little bit, but were you super stoked about dark souls three or I was, I was really stoked. I actually got the collector's edition, mm-hmm. and you know what? That was that was worth the money. I think I really like the, the that figure it came with. Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually looking at mine right now because I haven't moved it since I unpacked it the first time. <laughs> God, like, I guess like the thing that was um, most surprising to me on my first playthrough was how little damage the weapons did. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought the scaling was kind of mm, off compared to other Souls games. Like, it just the weapons just weren't as potent, mm-hmm. which I guess is good in a way because then you don't really have many overpowered weapons, and so you can kind of like you know use all the weapons, and it really just depends on your playstyle and not damage output, since they're all kind of. At, at first, I thought they were all kind of terrible, but. uh I stuck with the, um, God, what was it? That big curved sword you get when you're you're Mur- in the swamp. The Murakamu? Or no, no, the, what is the curved sword that you get in the swamp? I know exactly what you're talking about, but I can't remember the name of it. Um, 
That you know, the, the Inuyasha-looking one. Sure, yeah, that one. <laughs> With all of my anime knowledge. That's exactly it. <laughs> that was actually the reason I got it, because I was like, oh my god, this looks like his sword. Oh, okay. Nice. okay. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, it, it's so weird to me, like, how much, how many weird ties that Dark Souls has to, like, anime stuff, because I don't have, like, any connection to, like, that world at all. Like, I don't watch a lot of it, and I didn't grow up with it. Um, it's probably for the best. <laughs> <laughs> like, most of my exposure to anime is through, like, like weird Twitter memes that pop up every once in a while. And, uh, oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, or, like, when I was on Tumblr a lot, like, I would see, like, screenshots or whatever. I'd like, I don't know what's going on right here at all. But, like, you know, something as serious and, um, like, as quote-unquote hardcore as Dark Souls, like, to have all these, like, weird ties to, you know, just goofy anime stuff is, is really funny to me. I don't even Did know if it was, like, intentional, but I just thought, it was, oh, my God, this is awesome. <laughs> did you, uh, where did you end up kind of, I guess not liking, like, did you end up pretty positive on it? Like, I know there's been some uh, kickback in the community about, you know, Dark Souls 3 and maybe not being as good or, or what have you. Like, where did you kind of end up on it? Did you come out pretty positive? Um, yeah, I definitely came out, like, it was definitely better than Dark Souls 2. <laughs> um... <laughs> I don't, I think I will always kind of like Dark Souls 1 a little bit more just because of the nostalgia I have with that game and how much it meant to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Dark Souls 3, I, I don't know why, like, it was obviously like a real, it's like an incredible game and it's really beautiful and there's a lot of, like, it's a huge community at this point, so you're never going to really be playing alone. But I don't know why. I got tired of it more quickly than I did the other games. Really? You think just like... like did you, Had you run a couple of different builds at that point? Or were you still in your, like your yeah. first major build? Yeah, I had done a few builds. And I don't know why. I just got tired of it more quickly than the other ones. I'm not sure why. And you mentioned at the top of the podcast that you had kind of put it down for a little while and moved on a little bit. Yeah. I think maybe it just has to do with, uh, like, it, it still feels like a very, like, Dark Souls game, because it is a Dark Souls game, but the environments are just completely, like, they just have a different uh, atmosphere to them that, I don't know, it, it's not something I can concretely, like, explain. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Where do you think they should go next? Like now that they're, you know, quote unquote finished with the Soul series, like they keep saying, which I don't I don't believe at all. But uh like where do you think that they should hit next? Like what kind of game would you like to see them make? Okay, well <laughs> if and, we're and not talking about new game. series, I would really <laughs> love to see a Bloodborne two <laughs> with like, I don't know, better servers or something. Something that's not like peer to peer connection. Mm-hmm. Um if they can make a like a Bloodborne two in kind of the direction they took with the DLC, I think that would be an incredible game. And I don't think they ever will because like it, all the games that they had that were PS four or sorry PS exclusives, they never made sequels of. So yeah, it'd be interesting. Like I I can't help but think that Sony would want them to. Like I mean, Bloodborne made so much money for them, and it's you know console exclusives are you know few and far between nowadays I, w- I would really want them to like not go back to yarnum though like i would want to like like yeah i want them to go the, beyond that yeah i, I want to see like wild west cthulhu kind of crazy shit or something like I, I don't know exactly what it is but i just don't want to be in that same area with like the same gods and churches like i want to see the same type stuff but not the same stuff if that makes sense Rosie, thank you very much for coming on the show and spending an hour with me. I really appreciate you coming on and, and talking with me. Uh, can you tell people where they can find you on the internet? And noting that you don't necessarily have to tell them if you don't want to. <laughs> uh, sure. If they really want to um, see the trash that I enjoy, uh, you can follow me at uh, the Waifu Pillow <laughs> 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 um, on Instagram or um, Tumblr. I don't have a, a Twitter. Okay, that's fine. Um, yeah, you can definitely find me there, and, and that's uh, that's where you and I know each other from. I, I was trying yeah. to remember during this, like what led 
us to follow one another. It had to be Bloodborne stuff, right? It had to be something Souls related, but I, don't I think remember. it was actually Dark Souls too. You, I yeah, was, was doing okay. an RP blog at the time, and I was the Emerald Herald, and you made me like a thing that said Versace. That's what it was. Yes, yes. I still have that. It's Do incredible. you really? Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> We need to, uh, you need to send me a copy if you get a, get a moment. I'll send you my email address and, or whatever, because uh, I don't know if I still have any any of that stuff. But I made, like, a ton of those. Dude, I, I, I love that. it. Like, the logo placement is, is impeccable. <laughs> <laughs> I had forgotten all about that. Yes, thank you very much for reminding me. Um, and as always, you can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. You can find this podcast on Twitter at DGUS Podcast. And if you want to send in your soul story and come on and talk to me and be on the podcast, send me an email to dguspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, and I hope you enjoyed the episode. And thank you again to Rosie. Thank you.